Hello everyone and welcome to Lessons from the Top, a program that aims to give young people like us a clear vision of the challenges ahead based on the lesson and the experiences of successful people. We hope that our program will contribute to giving you the means to realize your dreams and to accomplish your professional life. Today, we're delighted to have with us Dr. Christos Christou, the esteemed international president of Dr. Love Orders. With his extensive experience and leadership within the organization, Dr. Christou plays a vital role in guiding the impactful work of Dr. Love Orders on a global scale. So first off, how are you doing today? I'm doing well and thanks for your invitation. Well, thank you for being here today with us. So, can you tell us more about yourself and how you got to become the international president of Doctors Without Borders? Well, uh, about myself, I was uh, born in uh, in Greece and I've uh, graduated medical school uh, in uh, one of our universities in Thessaloniki. And uh, while starting my career as a doctor, I I knew already what I wanted to be. I, I wanted to come closer to those people that they need us more. So I started joining MSF uh, initially with uh, uh, activities inside our own borders, supporting migrants, refugees, uh, those uh, times of the uh, early years of uh, 2000. And then uh, very soon I found myself in uh, the what we call the real uh, field, uh, those places where we were uh, uh, starting uh, antiretroviral treatments uh, to HIV patients in sub-Saharan Africa. And I realized that uh, being with Doctors Without Borders is uh, more than just being a doctor helping others. And uh, I, I, I was so, so uh, uh, amazed by, by the, their work. Uh, so coming back uh, to uh, Europe, uh, continue with my studies and my training as a, a surgeon, I felt that I want to be more engaged with them. Uh, I was part of uh, a member of uh, the uh, board of uh, directors in MSF uh, Greece, uh, and uh, that led me to uh, gaining all the experience until uh, one day I put my candidacy forward for the elections of the international president. That happened in 2019, and uh, now I hold this position uh, is almost uh, four years. Amazing. And um, how would you say your medical expertise aided you uh, in a big way as your current role as the international president of Doctors of the Borders? I know you mentioned that briefly right now, but can you go more into detail about how you um, how it really helped you? Well, uh, being a doctor or, uh, as you said, having this medical background uh, can uh, help, uh, especially when you're leading an organization and an organization that uh, has to do a lot with uh, people. It can uh, help you understanding what does it mean caring uh, of others and caring of your, your own people, the people that you have in all different projects, the people that you have here in our headquarters. Uh, it's a lot about people. Being a doctor and especially a surgeon uh, means also that uh, you have this um, um, a mentality of uh, accepting your own mistakes and uh, discussing, talking about uh, your mistakes. We as surgeons all will uh, learn from our uh, uh, complications, from our mistakes, and we are the ones to put them there in front and uh, say, this is what I did, and this is what I learned, and this is how I will prevent this from happening again. And this is what organizations need to have. Um, uh, trying a lot uh, all these uh, last years to uh, develop this uh, culture, this non-punitive culture of error in, in our organization. 
As a doctor also, I think uh, actively listening to others is, is very important. Uh, it helps you uh, always uh, have a, a, a diagnosis or a working diagnosis of what is the problem and start thinking of what is the, the, the treatment. And, uh, and um, uh, putting always human beings in the core of uh, our activities, uh, listening, actively listening, valuing to our people is uh, things that uh, my medical background uh, helped me a lot with. Wow, so can you tell me, well, can you tell us some of the toughest events you face in conflict zone or insecure environment and explain how you managed to overcome them? Well, uh, actually, people may think that uh, the toughest thing in all these places is uh, trying to be safe uh, or you may feel and get shocked with uh, the, the cruelty that you see, which indeed is very challenging and very tough. The most challenging uh, one, though, especially for me and I think for, for all my people there, is uh, when sometimes you're not able to help others, when uh, accessing these people is uh, prevented, and when others cannot reach you, when you feel like you are with tight hands and uh, you see uh, all these things happening and uh, you cannot go closer. I have a recent example for that. These days we are in Sudan, uh, we keep trying uh, accessing those people that they, they, they are in uh, this uh, uh, extreme need uh, of um, uh, humanitarian aid and um, and uh, access issues are preventing us from being there. There's not uh, much uh, safety guaranteed uh, for us to uh, go and uh, treat them in the hospitals and uh, even uh, our hospitals that they are still open. Uh, there's not enough security for the people to see them. And this is something that you can never accept. This is very tough. I have several other contexts where uh, for several reasons, uh, this was the, the, the main problem. It is also uh, very tough to see the cruelties and uh, the atrocities, especially those addressed to the innocent victims, uh, the, the, the females, the, the children. I have memories from uh, Mosul uh, when in uh, 2017 uh, was the days that uh, the Iraqi uh, uh, army was uh, liberating uh, the, the city from uh, the ISIS fighters. And uh, every family, every member of our staff uh, had uh, a, a few people to mourn about. I mean, there, there were, uh, everyone has lost uh, colleagues, uh, friends, family members. And, and this is shocking. This is something that uh, you can never uh, uh, get used to, no matter if you are a doctor and you are familiar with uh, life and death. Uh, however, these people and the way that they wanted to take over their lives again and uh, regain uh, what they may have lost and uh, their passion, their, their stamina, their strength to, to do that uh, always inspire us. Uh, so in every conflict, you may have all these challenges, but also somewhere there you see hope coming. And this is what keeps you also awake, alive and uh, uh, full of appetite to carry on. I mean, it must be hard because you never know what you're going to expect in those zones. And I feel like there's probably a lot of pressure going through there. So, I mean, it's really inspiring from doctors like you and others that just go out there and help a lot of people. So from your Yeah, and I feel like all the... Sorry, I just wanted to say something. I feel like all the workers there, they all have like a, a personal responsibility and it has like a mental toll on them when they see these, like you said, innocent victims uh, suffer when they don't have to. So, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Charles. 
So from your perspective, what are some of the major global health challenges today and how can Doctors Without Borders contribute to confronting them? I must have already introduced one of them, which is access. I can elaborate a little bit. Uh, uh, having um, all the guarantees to access the people that they need you or uh, being um, uh, able, being enabled to do that uh, is a very uh, uh, important thing and at the moment is one of our main challenges. It's not uh, that uh, easy and straightforward. Uh, we see ourselves in places where we cannot reach others. So we are prevented from reaching others. There are other places uh, where uh, there are all these uh, infamous battles against uh, terrorism. However, we have never defined uh, in this global community who is the terrorist and what is the definition of terrorism. So everyone can accuse each other of uh, being a terrorist. So you can imagine that uh, a doctor trying to help both sides or uh, trying to be there where the needs are can be also accused as uh, uh, helping terrorists. And that prevents a lot uh, us from accessing all those people that they mean, need us. In other places, like we see these days in uh, the US-Mexican borders, in the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, all other uh, places and contexts where we support people on the move and migrants, sometimes even the very basic uh, humanitarian aid and the very basic uh, human right uh, to seek for help uh, is penalized is criminalized and that again prevents us from accessing the people that we would like to. Um, we also see uh, all uh, these uh, social inequities and all these uh, powers and uh, of course uh, uh, COVID, uh, the pandemic um, uh, reminded to us that uh, gender, race, uh, poverty, exclusion are determinants of health. And uh, we see uh, all these inequities in front of us. Uh, and we we still believe that this is one of the main challenges we have in, uh, in the global health day to uh, overcome these, uh, these uh, inequities, uh, to uh, treat the world in a more uh, just way and uh, to become more fair with uh, all uh, the, the brilliant tools that science have uh, given to us, not uh, just to uh, uh, fight this pandemic or any next one, but ensure that uh, there is um, free and uh, global access uh, to uh, health uh, for everybody. Amazing. And um, with those, um, or with those obstacles related to access, what what collaborative efforts will doctors or borders need to engage in with other organizations and agencies to achieve maximum impact and reach the most vulnerable populations? Indeed. Uh we all need to engage with others. Uh, we've uh, also, as uh, MSF, as Doctors Without Border, been so used in uh, responding to emergencies, running uh, uh, in front uh, and uh, being in the very front lines uh, uh, is, uh, is, is crucial. But uh, the, the real change cannot uh, happen without uh, partnering, without engaging, without uh, especially having uh, your own patients and their communities uh, together with you. Uh, designing the the, the 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 treatments, the the, the activities, uh, uh, getting the feedback, uh, and uh, uh, learning from from the mistakes, and also learning from the others uh, to make it uh, better the next time. Uh, I I I think uh, it is important, as you said, Charles, that uh, um, 
uh, organizations uh, collaborate more and complement each other. I wouldn't say that all do the same thing. And this would definitely maximize the, the impact of, uh, of our work. Uh, but having said that, uh, yes, uh, I still find very important and uh, crucial that MSF keeps uh, working in the emergencies, keeps having this emergency uh, mentality. And uh, sometimes, uh, no matter if we uh, are moving ahead alone or with others, we, we need to keep being agile and being able to respond quickly. And I feel like um, working with those organizations or agencies that are inside the countries where um, you want to help those populations, um, you give them more access to helping their own people. That's also an amazing thing. Yeah. That's a very good comment, George. Actually, uh, my recent experiences in Ukraine says exactly this. Sometimes it's so difficult for uh, organizations like mine or others to uh, gain access uh, to those uh, areas where the real battle happened. Uh, it's a matter of security. It's a matter of uh, not being allowed by the authorities to go that close. But uh, indeed, we have uh, seen how local networks and uh, civil society is, uh, is working there. And by the way, we know that uh, these are the people, the neighbors, the community that are there before anyone else. And uh, they will stay there until uh, and after everyone else leaves. So uh, enforcing uh, and uh, engaging with uh, civil society and uh, local networks is is important. And it's not just Ukraine, even even in Syria, those uh, years uh, with a massive bombardments, it was only them being there and MSF struggling and trying to find ways to provide them at, the, at, at least some supplies and some support, but not always being able ourselves to be standing next uh, and by them. And can you tell us for people listening at home right now, who are some of the organization you work with, you know, with the uh, Doctors Without Borders, you know, who do you connect with? Well, uh, depends on the context. We usually uh, connect to uh, other doctors or organizations that they are uh, having uh, the medical care in the core of the activities. Uh, but uh, we have uh, collaborations and we exchange information with uh, climate uh, change organizations, especially the last years. It is very important to understand that uh, even if uh, we have huge responsibilities as, as a medical humanitarian organization on the environment and climate change, uh, our uh, role on this is very limited. So working with others will uh, really multiply the, the outcome. Uh, same happens uh, with human rights organizations. But uh, the, in the core of our partnerships and something that we keep understanding now better how it works is uh, 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 local uh, uh, societies, local uh, and uh, civil uh, organizations uh, in, in the, uh, uh, each and every different region. And uh, overall, uh, Wherever we are, we try to uh, uh, support and uh, uh, stand by the uh, ministries of health. Uh, let me put this as, as a title. We call it MOH, and this means that uh, there are these uh, public uh, state services uh, provided to people course in many places very limited so instead of uh, creating your own vertical units you you try to integrate with them and uh, support them which makes also your interventions uh, more sustainable the day you leave and 
How can younger generation learn from your experiences to better prepare themselves for effective collaboration with other organizations and to improve their own lives or the lives of others? Uh, one quite unique thing we have in uh, in uh, MSF uh, is uh, that next to this uh, strong, let's say, and big machine of uh, operations, the, the executive, uh, let's say, leg of ours, we do have also an associative leg. Uh, we we are a, a big association. We are a movement. Uh, our members are members that they may not work with MSF today. They have been working, they know MSF, and they are here to associate in order to act. Uh, so um, that's something that could inspire also others. There are so many uh, charities, so many NGOs, so many new initiatives, but uh, having this dual, let's say, identity of um, uh, being operational, but also associating, it, it, I think it, it helps. Engaging more and becoming active member in our own uh, communities is also very important. Uh, they, so you don't need to travel in the other side of the world. There's so many things happening around you. You, you need to, to be an active member of, of your own uh, society. Uh, and I, 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 I think I repeat what I said just now that uh, no matter where is your position, no matter where is your, your job, uh, I'm, I'm sure that you just need to look around and see how you can stand in solidarity with others uh, and uh, work together in uh, making this world a better world. I agree. I feel like in our society, there's so much things we can do just in our own country before looking after. So, yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And um, we'll talk more about um, advice you would give to the younger generation. So what advice would you, give, would you give to aspiring healthcare professionals who wish to work with doctors without borders or similar humanitarian groups? Uh, I'll say something that, and I hope that it will not be misunderstood. Uh, if, you, if you think that you will save the world by uh, joining MSF, then uh, you better not join MSF. <laughs> we, are, we are not here to save the world, we are here to, to help, and we don't know how the world can be saved, actually. <laughs> it's not a good idea either to join MSF uh, just because you, you want to change yourself. But uh, these two things may happen. Indeed, uh, with our activities, of course, this is a journey of your life. Uh, you work in uh, places that you could never imagine yourself being there. You meet uh, new cultures, uh, new people, you understand the history of the people. And and, and this really uh, helps you, improves you. Uh, so maybe this is a good motivation, but uh, what we, we do and what is my advice is that uh, you go there with uh, one single, let's say, North Star. Uh, to 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 guide you, and this is uh, to stand in solidarity and uh, to uh, stand by other people to try to alleviate their sufferings, and and you do that uh, by learning from them on how to do it. You don't go there, you know, with your recipes and uh, with you, this uh, very paternalistic approach that uh, we medicals used to have as doctors we think that we know exactly what is the problem what is the solution and we have this extra stress to position ourselves always uh, in front of our patients with a strong concrete position on what uh, needs to be done and what not so get rid of that be open to learn from 
your your same patients on, on the, how you can uh, uh, treat them and help them more. Mm -hmm. And um, something else you touched on, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that um, it's important to have the same objective or at least a similar objective going into these organizations as opposed to having your own vision in mind because that way you can actually work with the people you're going to work with in your organizations, right? Yeah, exactly. You need to be open. Uh, you need to, to be humble. Mm -hmm. uh, all this uh, needs to be treated with much humility. Uh, this will, will make uh, you and your organization be better, more relevant. It will bring you more close to, to, to the needs. You'll gain the acceptance and you co-design things that make everything more sustainable. At the end of the day, it's about them, for, uh, from them, whoever these them are. Uh, reflecting on your career with Doctors Without Borders, what lesson have you learned and which experiences have had the greatest impact on your on you personally and in your work? One big lesson here, very much linked to what we said before, that the more you travel, the more you meet other people, the more you meet the history of the places, the more you realize that the world is much different of what you was told. And uh, you, you, you see many of your biases coming from the surface. Uh, and uh, what you need to do next is just acknowledge them and, and fight them. You see powers, you see inequities, you see how all these intersect. And uh, it's again about acknowledging them and fighting them. So these are the main two big lessons I, I got uh, all these years. I started my, my, my trip in this uh, life, uh, having graduated, as we said, the medical school with many, many, you know, uh, uh, things that uh, changed a lot, many strong opinions uh, that I had to review again. Uh, I saw many of my, my biases and other people's biases, and I, I also saw uh, aspects of the power that uh, we need uh, to constantly fight for, no matter if it is in a personal level, the way that you treat your, your colleagues, your friends, your family, your, your mate, your partner, and also in a, in a professional level, but also in the whole world. Mm -hmm. so, so you'd say that having had all these experiences, you have now a better perspective of how the world works and how um, the medicine industry in general, I would say, um, lacking in help and in uh, uh, resources. So, so you'd say that now you you have a better like view of how the world really works. I think so, but uh, <laughs> it's a big word to, to say that. In, indeed, it, it helped me a lot to uh, uh, look at things with uh, several different lenses now. And so I would say that I have more comprehensive view of how the world works. Mm -hmm. And when it comes specifically to uh, the uh, global health agenda, I can see more clearly uh, powers, uh, uh, communities, uh, different interests, and, uh, and definitely the role of the uh, big pharmaceutical monopolies, uh, uh, the role of the politicians, and uh, how 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 difficult it is to to shift to change, but also uh, never stop uh, grabbing every single opportunity and uh, treating every every challenge or every crisis, trying to turn it into an opportunity for for societal change. 
Mm-hmm. Amazing. So um, thank you for being here with us today. We're going to finish off with our last question. So um, throughout your career, you know, you've worked with many uh, individuals. Is there anyone in particular who had, who's had a significant impact on your work? And what qualities did they possess that made them such an inspiring colleague or partner to work with? <laughs> I could start uh, naming people, jobs, roles, uh, but it would take us long. <laughs> so I prefer to answer to your question, George, in a different way. I will speak about one category of people. This is uh, our patients. Uh, those people that uh, we met uh, in a very, um, you know, difficult situation for them. Uh, we we stand by them and we saw how they they they, they struggle to to keep uh, them alive and their families. Uh, the passion that they have to to fight for their own basic rights and uh, uh, also this. Uh, a strong belief that they inspire us uh, in uh, belief in, in in solidarity and in humanity. And many times when I look at them, when I look at the world and I see that I cannot be optimistic on how the future will look like, I still uh, remind to myself what this patient tell me that uh, what we need from you is uh, to to keep hoping and uh, by you being here by having mobilized all this big movement of people that they donate they support and uh, they bring you here in front of me to do uh, your operation to me and save my my life it gives me and my communities hope and this is the most that we need so these are the people that I will uh, never forget our patients. Yeah, I think hope is one of the most important things, especially when you're suffering and you feel like life is crumbling. So yeah, I mean, exactly. Well, that's the end of our episode. I think we covered a lot of useful information that can inspire future generation. So thank you to you for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for taking your time. So uh, to our listeners, we look forward for having you join us next week for an exclusive exclusive interview with Dr. Gerald Freed from Megal University. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye now.